Stereo. Inspiration. Welcome back, everyone. This is Unchained Inspiration. I am your host, Reese Seven. Today is, is it your intuition pushing you? And today, I have just had this real stirring of emotions lately that I just feel that I need to change things up and look for a sense of adventure. Um, I don't know if it's just the fact that we've been spending so much time in our own spaces and not actually going out, or if it if there is happening a real calling that I need to go and just shift gears. And I was listening back on some of my previous podcasts and I couldn't help but think that I needed to get in touch again with Cassidy because Cassidy is kind of that beacon for me on the whole sense of adventure. And I just wanted to sit down with someone that could I could relate to with that that calling to find a bit of adventure and replug back into that into your life. I know that over the next year as things start to loosen up and hopefully we get back into more of a normal state that we will all be able to kind of define what that sense of adventure will be because that adventure feeds that inspiration and purpose to your life. I know that everything that's been going on, it really has made sure that, or we've been making sure that we are prioritizing that need to kind of set long-term goals. And I know for myself right now, we're looking at uh, options of like, do are we looking to move out of a house? Are we needing to just travel? Are we needing to even consider moving out of city, province, or country to find what we're needing? And I feel at this point, it's so it's such an opportunity that we've been gifted that we can kind of look back and figure out what we can start to project onto our future and maybe reorientate and recalibrate where our path's going. So today in studio, I have the privilege of sitting down again and having Cassidy with us. Cassidy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm, it's great. It's a beautiful day outside. I am so happy that we actually get to sit down and have a face-to-face visit. It's not, it's been a long time since I've had the opportunity to have anyone in studio with me. So having this is a real privilege in my end. And I know the last time that we got together and had a conversation, it really was an inspiration to me. And I know I've had lots of feedback that it was one of most people's favorite podcasts that they listened in on just because what you brought to the conversation was so dynamic that you've been shy, you've kind of been timid, you've kind of let life kind of guide you. And then at one point you decided that you were going to start guiding your own life and you just, you've been going nonstop. And I, I really admire that. And I look forward to finding out what adventures you're kind of setting up for yourself. Yeah, so I'm always on the go and I always like to think about what my next step is. So I always have a lot of adventures planned for me or I'm dreaming about going on a lot of adventures right now. Um, especially just in like where we are right now, not being able to do as much as we want to. It especially makes you want to do everything you're not supposed to do and what you're unable to do. Mm-hmm. 
Now, when you're planning for an adventure, what kind of process does that entail? Given where we are right now and the restrictions on what type of adventures and like things you would like to do, right now I'm really focusing on just like nature and being in nature so the ad- adventures and the places where i'm going right now i'm it's very res- like restricted to just like alberta and british columbia but in the future and what i'm doing right now is i'm really i'm really planning like just i'm dreaming about all the places where i want to be and i'm like almost just planning out where i want to go in the next year and just doing a lot of research on places so I'm prepared when the time comes about where I'd like to go and uh, places I'd like to see. So it gives me something to look forward to when the restrictions are in place right now. The planning process that you go through now, are you just writing this stuff down? Do you have like a vision board that you're kind of taking pictures of areas that you'd want to be or what does it look like on your side? Well, I have a I have Pinterest boards of places where I'd like to go and then I try and pick like three or four I'll pick a country and then I'll find like three or four like like landmarks or just types of places within the country that I'd like to see and then I branch out and I research like through that. So usually I have like a really set like one specific thing that really draws me to the country and then the more I research and the more I look into it and find people who have went there the more it breaks down and then I'm like oh well this is not everybody knows about this place so I should focus in on that and you know just there once you it's hard to it's really hard to plan before but it kind of inspires me to go there almost even more so like I know once I get there that it's gonna be plan almost out the window I go just I do what I want while I'm there but in the meantime what I can do now is just inspire myself and motivate myself to like you know get into that adventure by planning it kind of yeah it's kind of like you're priming yourself to take the leap into going into it because if you don't do anything if you're not taking any forward steps you just stay stationary Mm -hmm. what country are you kind of targeting right now um well right now I am targeting well, the most, the my highest priority right now is I would like to go on a trip this summer. I don't know if that's too far out of reach, but I am focusing on that right now. So regardless of whether I'll be able to do that right now, I'm focusing on Europe, specifically Greece and um, France and Italy, but I'm not sure if that'll be within reach right now. So my long-term goal is New Zealand. But for this summer, if it's possible, I'd really like to go to Europe. Well, I highly encourage Europe. I spent, I used to live over there. And if you do have the opportunity to go to Prague in the Czech Republic, I completely recommend it. That's where I resided. And it is a city that is incredible architecturally, culturally. It was a city that was untouched during the World War II bombings. Only one church ended up with damage and they rebuilt the steeple, but everything else remained intact, which is phenomenal because so many large cities in that area were completely decimated with the attacks of World War II that you get this cultural preserve and it's this real kind of melding pot of the different architectural styles throughout all the different centuries. It, it, it's a fascinating place to visit. Um, 
it's a culture shock that won't surprise you at all. The language is very different. So, but you're, you're completely familiar with going to a place where the language is so almost alien. Uh, the food is fantastic. I always travel by the sense of food and the dishes there were incredible. What's nice about Prague is it is in the heart and they call it the golden heart of Europe because it literally is in the center of Europe and everything out of Prague is a very reasonable distance to get to, whether it's through air travel, bus tours, train. It's, it, it was, I felt very privileged to have resided there because I got to see so much of Europe because of that. I have not been to Greece though. So that I look forward to getting a report from you on what that was like. Yeah, I would, Greece is, yeah, Greece is just a dream for me. I, me and my sister and my mom have been really focusing on wanting to go to Greece for a long time. My dad wanted to go to Greece as well. So I'm hoping like we'll be able to go as like a little memory for him. But I have a feeling that'll be in our near future. Okay. Yeah. That, that's awesome that like you're going to take that opportunity to go with your family and just make it that special moment. Mm-hmm. Do you, you travel well with your family? I don't know. We haven't traveled <laughs> together for a very long time. A very long time. So I don't know. We'll see. We don't usually travel together unless it's like road trips to like... But that will be so interesting travel. because now you're a completely different person from when you probably last traveled as a family member. Yeah, well, we've only been to Disneyland together. Like oh. flight travel. Disneyland but road trip if you can be in a car with someone for like over eight hours then that's almost it's like a rite of passage so (laughs) we'll be okay oh absolutely you'll be I'm sure you'll be fine it but I could almost see that your family might rely on you a bit after you uh, are kind of like the international jet setter now oh yeah my mom's more reserved than I am so I have a feeling well, I guess she's quite adventurous as well, but I have a feeling that we'll be doing like a lot of like going out on our own and exploring things because, you know, there's so much, like there's so much to see and like doing guides and tours is nice and all, but there's also like just the individually, like finding the, like your own adventure is just so rewarding, discovering it by yourself. So in past adventures this discovering that special element of the adventure what comes to mind when you think of like previous adventures you've been on like when was it you found that special moment i think the most like that special moment comes like when you were most unaware of it like you can't plan out something that's going to be special you just know you just know when you feel like this is right and then in that moment you have to make a decision whether that's your intuition pushing you or other people pushing you but you you really got to find it out for yourself and it's not going to be something that you can predict but it's just more of a leap of faith that makes you that fall into that special moment or those pivotal moments in your life do you remember the moment that you on a recent adventure that you were on that like really kind of encapsulated that that surprise element of the the trip well i the probably the one of the most pivotal moments in my adventures was climbing shripada or adam's peak in sri lanka and i wouldn't say it was like a um like like an encapsulating moment but i think it was a very well 
almost, I was like so entranced and so like it was a very pivotal point in like my life because everything working up until this beautiful moment and this like a beautiful hike and everything leading to this point kind of made me realize like it's not about the end point but it's about the journey and everything all the hard work and all the challenges all of the hardships the adventures the leaps of faith you take to work up into that one given point really shows you like it's really not about the end point it's about the journey I know for myself, um, when I came to the idea that I was going to start to build more of an art uh, element to my life, I was lifeguarding for the city of Calgary, and I was working with a good friend of mine, Malim, and Malim and I would constantly talk, and we would constantly kind of compare notes on how do you always improve yourself, like from where you're at now, where do you set some goals, and move forward and I remember the two of us deciding that we were going to start taking road trips to the mountains to do photography because that kind of ended up being our link together as friends that it wasn't working together it happened to be that we shared this common interest in photography. Malim was just getting into it I had lots of experience doing motion picture but not standard still camera work but that information was very easily transferred over to a regular photo camera that I was able to help him with composition and the technical side. What was really nice about it is the two of us would go out and we would take this drive out to the mountains. So we'd be in a car for about two hours together, just talking. Everything was dark around us. And it was those conversations that I had with him and those road trips that I had out to the mountains in complete darkness that I realized that this is kind of a metaphor to my life, that I'm enshrouded by darkness. I have no idea what's outside the bubble of this car, but the bubble of the car provided a conversation that I recognized that for me, collaboration is so important. And the collaboration with others really inspires creativity. The nice part about it is we'd go on these adventures. We'd end up hiking into the mountains just to capture uh, sunrise coming up or maybe just getting the right light or just even beating the tourists because the tourists would show up at these sites at 8 a.m. So we would want to be there around 5 a.m. that we would have a couple of hours to ourselves where tourists weren't in the image and you could just create these really profound, visually stunning images of basically documenting what God has created. And we would then, on the way home, before we get into the car, we would give each other our cameras and see what the other person had captured and talk about it. And it was those conversations that fueled the whole ride home. And I realized that that was so incredible. And again, like you were pointing out, that journey is is the reward more than the destination. And I really, I can't help but think that when you're telling me about these surprise element moments in your journey, there had to be something that kind of spoke to you very deeply that would have stirred something inside you. Yeah, I think it also ties into what you're saying, like just driving in the dark and like having the whole world quiet and dark around you. It's like you can't predict what you're, what's going to happen to you in any given moment. But the one thing that you can predict is that everything is unpredictable. So as much as that, it doesn't really make sense, but it does make sense because everything around us is so unpredictable that it becomes 
predictable that you don't know what's happening next. So you really have to just sink yourself into the present and like appreciating everything at the given moment because so quickly things change and you people move, people change and it's like you're talking about through collaboration you inspire creativity. It's like in that moment with that person you're sharing a, a, a similar energy and inspiration it's that's what that's what really makes the difference because once you have a connection with somebody and you're you're both bouncing off ideas off each other like there's no like it feels so good when you're both you're dialed in you're sharing like this inspiration you're both so passionate about what you're doing and it's like in this moment you can't predict the next hour but in the moment you know that what's happening is special and that's leads to the next path in yeah. your life. A hundred percent. You've got the next step kind of forward. You don't know what the following steps after that will be, but at least it's a, a direction forward. Um, when you were going on this journey up this mountain, you kind of indicated that it was uh, through the nighttime. Yeah. So at like around 1.30 a.m., 1.32, we started walking through the town to the base of the mountain and it's like about a 30 minute walk just to the base of the mountain so around two so what's it like so i'm gonna kind of break this down because i'm actually very curious uh on this you're in a completely foreign land with strangers uh about to go up the side of a mountain to witness what you you're not even really sure what you're gonna witness um you're coming into this town what's it like Okay, well, the thing about the town is that it, they had music playing 24-7. So, like, they, I don't know what type of music it was, but they had loudspeakers all over the city where music was playing. So, when we went to bed at, like, 7 o'clock, this music was playing all the time. So, like, I'm like, okay, like, it was, like, kind of annoying, but at least, like, when we started walking, like, people were awake there's music on, there's little booths set up, um, the entirety of the entire mountain, there was people selling things like food and water and like just little trinkets and everything. So even though it was one in the morning to like, I think we got back at like 8.39, I don't know, back to the bottom of the mountain, everyone was awake the entire time and there's people around going up and down at different times. So the environment was very alive and productive and there are people singing and worshiping all over the place so it was a very very positive like start to the day at 1 30 a.m even like though a celebration almost yeah it is a celebration because it it's a pilgrimage site so a lot of people were maybe not celebrating but more of like well celebrating yeah celebrating their faith worshiping um you know there was a positive environment in that fact but it was also extremely peaceful because once you started the hike and started climbing the mountain, even though there were a lot of people around and there was some lights, like, um, shining, it was quiet. And you could just, like, all you could hear was, like, breathing and, like, breath. So it was very, like, almost meditative, like a group. Because you go up, like, you're not alone. Like, there's, like, people going up the entire way. Like, you're never walking alone. It's quite packed. So it's almost like a, like an entr- entrancement of, like, just everyone's focus they're trying to get up because it's like the stairs are it's quite vertical but there's still steps okay so and like there's railings and stuff and it's just 
there's like mothers carrying babies, like elderly people walking up barefoot. There's monks just carrying uh, supplies up the top of the mountain. And the monks do this every morning. So this was like a three hour, I think it took like three and a half hours to get up and like wow. two hours to get down. Well, let me think about it. So it was two, three, four, five. Yeah. So one thirty, the I think sun started rising at like five twenty ish. So it took quite a while to get up and the way down was a lot faster because you're going down so you can like run down and stuff. But it's, it's, you know, it's just a really neat experience going through like a collective journey almost with random people who you have no idea who they are, but. What kind of thoughts were going through your head during this process? Well, I was doing it with two other girls that I was with and, um, they were, the one girl was in really good shape. So I was just trying to keep up with her, but, uh, <laughs> At the, like, at some points, I was just really focusing on my breath because you couldn't, like, really look at anything because the path is lit, but everything, like, you can hear, like, waterfalls around you and stuff, but, like, going up, like, I didn't know really where I was. Sounds wonderful. Oh, it's, like, beautiful. Like, you can, it's, even though, like, when you're saying, like, driving in the dark car and nothing around you, it's, like, everything was sleeping, but just going up there, it was, like, you're building up to this beautiful, like, serene sunrise and then when you're going down you can finally see everything at night so it almost made it easier doing it in the dark going up because the hard part you're just focused you're going up and then you get there and all of a sudden you're at the top of this mountain you're at a beautiful temple there's people worshiping praying um there's like gongs going off it's like and then the sunrise and you look over a valley of like mountains it's, it was a very, yeah, it was a pivotal point in my life where I realized I was like, this. it's really about the journey. The journey makes it all the difference. Recognizing that the journey is so important, did that foster anything for you to do after? Or just you just kind of retain that as just a kind of a mantra for yourself that it's you're going to put more focus on the journey and not so much on the destination? Yeah, well, prior to this, I was quite, I was a little bit anxious about being in Sri Lanka alone and not knowing very much about it. So when I was traveling, I was quite like, I was very anxious about what I was doing. So I didn't, I wasn't appreciating it as much. And then all of a sudden I went through this and I was like, you know what, everything that's happening to me and all these feelings that I'm feeling about being either alone or worried or missing my family. I was like, you know what? This is what makes me appreciate everything so much more. So I, I cultivated more of a, like, um, a gratitude for like my family, everything that I was missing, all this anxiety I had. I almost just like switched my mental into really sinking into those emotions and appreciating them rather than trying to avoid them because, you know, I, I, those feelings come up for a reason. And just because you're feeling that doesn't mean that where you are in life is not the right place for you, but rather you're, it's yourself telling you that you need to start sinking like, it. Because, you know, we always try and avoid so many of these negative emotions, but without the negative emotions like anxiety or, you know, depression... Um, all these things that we go through, you wouldn't necessarily appreciate the good in the world 
and the good that you feel when you achieve something as much. So even though it is a challenge, like an internal challenge you have to face, it also makes you really appreciate what you have and not take things for granted. Absolutely. You, you get those moments. Do you think you would ever be able to recre- recreate that moment if you went back there? Mm, no, I don't think so, no. I w- I'd be able to have a very... Maybe if I, if I was with people who haven't done it yet, then I'd be able to like watch them. And I think that'd be very powerful for me just to see like, wow, it's not, you know, it's not just me who's experiencing this. And like, look at the power in experiencing something for the first time is like, just all the, everything that rises with you, the thoughts, the feeling, the... The reason I bring this up is because you mentioned that this is a routine that the monks go up each day and and then you've got old women that obviously have done it a few times that they're in that good of shape that they can go up barefoot or carry children with them that I'm curious at what kind of experience they're having if it's a it's a experience that they keep finding the same and they kind of find this renewed energy or if it's different each and every single time that kind of allows them to reflect on where they're at almost like a reset to their current situations well i think doing that multiple because the monks do it every day or for sure at least every time there's a no i they do that every day if they work there they go up and maybe they take a rest and they come down but they all met like there's so many people meditating up at the top of this beautiful mountain and i think that maybe they do have like different they must have different experiences each time they go up but still leaves them with something that they're still continually chasing because they wouldn't do that if sure there's times maybe they won't have that same spark if they're doing it over and over again but there's still like a feeling like of serenity and worship when you're going up there because there's like they're going up there to worship and appreciate the the goodness in life and all that so there there must be a feeling that arises doing that daily because they're continually chasing it and the days that there isn't then it's just you sink into that because you know monks I spent some time around monks and they're very very interesting people have you been around monks no, so we, so when I was lifeguarding for the City of Medicine Hat, one of the girls that I work with, Serena, her dad happens to be a former monk. And I really would like to get uh, the opportunity to sit down with them because that's the closest I will have ever been to a monk. And I find it fascinating because they basically, from what I understand, give up all material wealth or material goods because they want to just kind of be just be Mm -hmm. and for us in western culture that's for me that's still mind-boggling i i like to believe that i've got a fairly open mind to things but to not have any material it would be a very freeing experience and certainly something that there's lots of days when i walk through my house and there's so much clutter that i would love to be able to say i no longer have have this in my life that would be fantastic it provides a whole different level of challenges in my head. So I'm curious, what was it like being around monks? Well, I was around, I, I didn't teach, I, ha, I could have had an opportunity to actually teach them, but I only did once a week. So I only got, I wasn't around them as much as I would have liked. But the thing that really struck me is they just, they're so peaceful 
and they're so kind and they're just you know they're such good people but they just they, they just exist you know like they really sink into existence rather than um oh I don't know how to phrase it like they just they have this peace you can feel when they come into a room that you know that they have overcome a certain level of human existence that regular people just haven't because we have belongings we have a whole different even like just experience on this earth but because what they do they don't have they have no material belongings they have they don't live with their family they do get to see their family but they really just sink into just existing you know like just purely existing not existing for achieving something but rather existing for themselves and their internal like stability i would i would be really interested to, of to talking to serena she serena yeah yeah serena's dad as well because you know there's a lot we can learn from monks like mm -hmm. so much more like they defy so many laws and just it's existence like oh i i can't even begin to explain it i think like talking to one would be a lot better representation of you know their I, I, I can't even begin to explain it but you just know that there is a certain level of mental strength in their like heads that well it goes back to that spirituality that yeah. they they're plugged into I think and when you read about monks being able to stand in spots for hours on end and it doesn't phase them and they they go outside of their body for sure and experience life I, I like could you imagine seeing the world around you through the eyes of a monk i know it, well, i would imagine in some cases it there'd be a level of disgust but it would be really it would be really inspiring and incredible to experience what it would be like to kind of be on that very different wavelength well i think even just it's almost i the way i would think is even though like they're watching and they're so quiet and so like reserved but i don't think they would judge as much as much as we would because you know when you sit back and you look at the world without judgment you really can't blame like the things that happen in this world that we would look at with disgust it's almost inevitable because you can't control people but people can can like people can't even control themselves like if you think about your head like in your mind like your mind pretty much dictates everything you do like some of the thoughts and the actions and the impulse like impulses we have we can't control that so if you sit back and you think about that then it's almost as if you look at the world without judgment because if there's so many people like we're surrounded where people can't even they're not even in charge of their own mind. So before we start like almost judging the world, it's almost, we got to like judge internally first because there's so many people who are like slaves to their own mind and their own vices and everything where. My experience that I've been kind of reflecting on a lot with the concept of judgment is oftentimes that what I've observed and I know that I'm guilty of myself is the judgment is usually stemming from something that you're on an internal level battling with and when you see it in others it it could be very 
neutral in the world, but because it's something you're not satisfied with yourself, it oftentimes gets projected with a lot of harsh emotion and you tend to put that out rather than actually dealing what with the internal factor of what's bothering you yeah i actually it's funny you say that i saw this morning i saw a i have a little app and it's like an inspiration app and my today's quote was everything that irritates us about others can lead us to an understanding of ourselves i think that's really important because that's so true like when you see something that irritates when i see when you see something that irritates you and somebody else it's just kind of a reflection about yourself right and your own insecurities so it's interesting like you look at something you look at it straight on but then if you look at it from a different angle it's like there's so many other contributing factors to it's kind of a mirror Mm -hmm. like it's like it's this obviously it's not a physical mirror that physically reflects you but there it's a internal mirror that that reflects everything emotionally and psychologically about yourself that you're looking at and I know it's it's definitely a hurdle that I have been now that I've been aware of my thoughts on that I've been making sure that I kind of work through those moments so I can better understand myself and identify how I can move forward and it it's been freeing in that regard because I'm starting to not get as frustrated with others around me because I am starting to put it into the context that it's something that's bothering me and then I can unpack it from there. Yeah, then that's extremely important. I think that's where a lot of like anger issues will come from too is like blaming other people for... Because you, you can't... I think we need to realize that we can't control people but we can influence them. And so when you look at like... Because so many people are so focused on everybody else's problems and their own and how their other people's problems will affect them but... In reality, we should be almost just, you know, building not barriers around ourselves, but just a really good structure and understanding of our own internal fears and insecurities, because we really do project that onto everybody around us, whether that's good or bad things, because you project good things on people as well. Yeah, absolutely. And just, I think that we're entering into a time where like enlightenment is now starting to play a larger factor in everyone's life where before we kind of like just went through the motions of trying to be the best person we could be and never considered what the spiritual and psychological side of ourselves looks like. Yeah, well, I guess we even in history, like there's periods of enlightenment where you look at in past history, like the French Revolution and like the Industrial Revolution and stuff like those are huge periods of enlightenment where people are uh, switching from you know like the industrialization into going back into nature and appreciating like you know so if you do look back in history we do go through phases of um, where we go through periods of enlightenment so I don't know maybe especially right now where we are with like this pandemic and everything I think people are given an opportunity to go back into themselves Mm -hmm. but it's also you're so easily swayed by like you know distractions and things so even though this is a really good period for people to people who are isolated people who are living alone unable to see family like to really sink into themselves and that can be a good thing if done right 
mm-hmm. but yeah. it's it's really an individual like drive it's almost like the way i look at it is would you look would you look at yourself and accept it everything negative about yourself like you could look in the mirror right now and see all your flaws all your perfections all your positives like would you do it well uh, when you put it in the context of standing in front of yourself in front of a mirror and having all of these negative elements deliberately pointed out to you that is terrifying Mm -hmm. now if you go to the mirror and recognize that that is a quick snapshot and there is also all of these resources available to help change and structure you to help eliminate those negative qualities then i would be i wouldn't be intimidated to stand in front of a mirror and have those flaws pointed out to me because i know there's resources but the the biggest challenge is knowing where to even find some of the resources to help you through that i know but the good thing about where we are today is we have a lot of resources available to us. I We hope and trust that these are like accurate resources, but you know, there's so much information in this world and online and everything that it's almost overwhelming the ability. It's like it's right at the tip of your fingertips to you know improve yourself but also go inside yourself but it's so scary at the same time because there's so many distractions and so many hardships and challenges and it's really it's in life it's never stagnant so i like what you brought up earlier about um is it your intuition kind of pushing you and then i got thinking as we brought this standing in front of the mirror up that i feel that a better representation of looking at these negative characteristics you might bring forward is listening to that gut feeling of that intuition that it'll drive you like so if you do go on adventures it kind of pushes you outside of your comfort zone allowing some of these uncomfortable moments to happen and you work through them Mm -hmm. And, and you almost can't finish the adventure until you've worked through those emotions and that's that step and it kind of takes that off the plate and you don't always have to go to a specific resource, but sometimes it's an opportunity, an experience, a person, a conversation, uh, a physical place to travel to and just experience the, that environment, just how serene that mountain must have been going up and listening to the sounds and focusing on your breath. Like that's a meditative quality that you see in, in yoga and other meditation forms that you really focus inward and it will unlock where you need to be. Yeah, that's, you know, that now that you say like that, the meditative aspects of life are so important, but they're so overlooked as well. Like we breathe all the time. This is like our only, you know, we have to breathe to live. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like we take that so much for like granted, like, just the breath of like how settled you feel if you just stop what you're doing, take a breath, go back to what you're doing. It it really does change things for you and just changes almost like the direction you're going in. Just taking a breath and looking, look around like where we are. If you're overwhelmed, like having anxiety, just sitting with it and working through it physically 
is probably one of the best resources that you're able to do because you're making yourself your number one resource that you can go to by being able to rely and work through things by yourself. Because at the end of the day, it really is just you, you know? It's kind of like you against the world. Yeah, well, I, like, I take moments in these conversations where I reflect on if I were to like have an image of what it would be like to take a, a breath, like an actual very focused breath, how would you project that create creatively? I don't know. Maybe like... Because like you obviously want to share and communicate with others like that, that refreshing feeling or that lightened up feeling. Because I know when, when people need to take a breath, they're usually in such a intense moment that they don't give themselves the permission to take the moment to take a breath. And I, I like to think like if you visually could represent what a breath is or put it through words on a paper, how would that look? Like it, it's, it's such a powerful thing, but it's even it's almost elusive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's very there's probably different interpretations of what that like could be, but it might be different for everyone. But you know, for me, when I breathe and I am quiet and I just like close my eyes and allow myself to sink into myself, I've come to this point. I don't know if it's because I've been meditating for. I haven't been meditating that long, but. For me, it feels like a long time because, you know, meditating is difficult, especially mm -hmm. when you start. But I've, I've gone to this point where I can dial out pretty much the entire outside world and go into myself internally. So for me, I think a breath would symbolize like almost like a glowing, like a glowing light going through like, you know, like kind of like refreshing. Like, you know, when a, like just like a breath of fresh air makes me feel refreshed and allows myself to clear out any um so like a clear sunny day yeah kind of like no clouds no clouds because when i like when i meditate and i become distracted i was watching this like headspace because i have you seen the headspace thing no it's a it's an app it's a meditation app but a technique that they gave me was when you're meditating and your brain's becoming distracted and your mind is going off into other places, think of each thought as like a cloud going through the sky. So when I meditate I, and I get distracted, I physically like, I kind of acknowledge this thought. I don't like shut it out. I acknowledge it and its importance, but then I just like put it into a cloud and I breathe and it's just like the wind and just like hmm. clears, clears my thoughts. So it almost is like a rebalancing for me, you know? as you're telling me this i can't help but like the image that's coming up in my mind right now is in southern alberta we have very cold winters and when the cold the colder the day the less chance there's a cloud around and those days are so crisp the snow has a crunch to it the air has a bite to it but what i love more than anything is the sky is pristinely clear and perfect. Mm -hmm. And so when you're explaining that, visually, all I could think of was a snow-covered field with just wisps of grass peeking through the snow and the sun shining down with not a cloud in sight. And that's just pure peace. And, mm -hmm. and when I think of the idea of um, focusing on my breath 
it comes a lot to weightlessness. I I feel there. I I almost feel like you end up floating. Yeah. No, that's it's so incredible. Meditation is so incredible, actually. They should do a lot more studies on, like, the benefits and just what happens physically and, like, um, phys- physically and physiologically. Like, I don't... I, oh, my I God. I would imagine they do have studies out somewhere. We need to get on this because yeah. this is something that we obviously both have an interest in. Um, so we're kind of running to the end of the time. I know that we had a project going that we had talked about last podcast. How is your end coming? Good. Um, I have been writing tons and I have a very, you know, I have a good sense of what I want to do. Okay. So I am going to start, I have a lot of good writing things. So I'm starting a business. I don't know if that's the right word. I wouldn't say business. I don't know. You know what? It's just an idea. It's called well, it's called not, taboo. Okay. So taboo is the idea behind taboo is I want to put, I want to make humanity humane again. So, essentially, taboo is aiming to talk about things in life that are extremely taboo and uncomfortable that people tend to avoid, but I want to make that regular again. Like I want to make humanity, and I want to put this all. Just humanity is what it is, you know? So whether well, we that... All, we all share a common experience most of the time. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of things in life that we've kind of been trained not to ever talk about. And I would imagine that it's never been normal to talk about a lot of this stuff. And you're simply trying to bring it to the foreground that we all have this common experience that we all choose not to talk about. But it would actually break down a lot of barriers if we could just talk about it with not getting defensive and guarded and protected. Yeah, so essentially it's aiming to look at things and look at life more systematically. So we're not really alone in the experiences we have because it's so there's so many common experiences that we have to begin to looking at like, I don't know, just experiences. Say we're talking about uh, depression or anxiety, it's not an individual problem. It's actually a societal problem that we need to begin looking at it systematically. Like what is causing this? What are the common conditions of living that are contributing to such high depression and anxiety rates? So I want, it's aiming to look at it more systematically and creating like an opening that engaging in conversation openly with everybody around you. So, you know, I don't know how I'm going to turn this into a like community conversations, maybe, I don't know, but I'll think of something. But. And, I, and I guess when you kind of were floundering on labeling it as a business, I, I wouldn't go so much as a business either, and I could see why you would definitely flounder with that terminology because this seems to be more of a cause and less of a business prospect because you're not actually trying to take advantage and and gain from it. No, it's, yeah, that's why I don't like the name of a business, more like a, oh yeah, like a group, I don't know, but like a community, more of a community Mm -hmm. than a business, but it's an idea, and it's, I want people to really realize that they're not alone, but, and begin looking this as a problem that we need to solve together, because there's so many people now, especially 
you know, just where we are that are going through these internal emotions and so many, like, oh, there's so many people who I've talked to that just make, it just really makes me want to do this even more. Like, but anyway, so I want to engage in an open conversation about destigmatization of taboo topics. I'm loving it. Um, So how far out are you before you start needing my help? Um, well, I'm not that far out. Okay. But... So this is something we're going to be doing soon. Yeah. So, um, just one project I'm working on right now to raise, like, funds is, um, hoodies. So I have one of my friends, she's an artist as well. So I, right now I'm just working on two, um, designs for, she's working on one for one hoodie and then the other one. But, um, they're going to have, like, their own story. Each hoodie is going to tell a story because I think that's really important. So... If you would be interested in, um, I don't know, putting together a little, like, something important to you that you think is almost taboo to talk about, but put, like, an artistic spin on it and putting that into a creative design, and then, you know, we can work together and incorporate ideas. But I don't know. I just, you know, I think it's so symbolic about... Clothing is so symbolic to me because it really tells a lot about ourselves through the clothes that we wear and you pay attention to what people wear and I'd like to put out a healthy message through clothing I think that's a good way to start other than writing and interviewing people so that's kind of where I'm at in my process right now well they always say an image is worth a thousand words Mm -hmm. and if you can do the image correctly it should reflect the message that you're getting to and what I like about imagery uh, especially artistic and imagery, is it oftentimes transcends language barriers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't need to... If you look at something, it's open to the interpretation of the viewer, but a good artist is able to convey the universal um, illustration to a lot of different viewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. the part so many people don't understand with our art is it's that drive to connect with others. And you essentially are a communicator and how well do you communicate is, is really kind of like, I know when I've been interviewed in the past about my art, they always kind of bring up the topic of successful artists and how do you kind of determine if you're successful. And I keep coming back to the idea that a successful artist is an artist that can, can communicate their idea to the masses and they get it. They don't have to agree with it, but they are successful in making the communication happen. Yes, it's a very yeah. It's a powerful, powerful image is extremely powerful because it doesn't just. It's not with words, but it's how it makes you feel and what like what thoughts brings up in your mind. You know. Well, and and just the ability to create a conversation. Mm-hmm. And and ultimately, that's what you're looking for. You're looking to create a community that starts having communication on topics that are kind of tripping us up and they're they're under the rug and unfortunately the rug is lumpy now mm-hmm. yeah and I, i'm so excited because i have like you know jay santon yes so we're going to be working he's another person who i was talking to about this project and i think i we were talking about working on something together for it and i'm just so excited because jace is a very wonderful person so I think bringing him into this would add a lot of um valuable insight too he's a unique character that guy Mm -hmm. uh 
I have to always chuckle. I know him from the work that we do together uh, with the city. And then there's him outside. And he's a very interesting person outside of work. Mm -hmm. And really enjoyable to sit down and have a visit with. Uh, so, and I only get to see small glimpses of that. So I'm really kind of impressed that he is on board on this project because I'm sure knowing what he's gone through in his life, that he definitely can bring a conversation in on that. Yeah. And he, you know, we were, we're on the same basis about bringing, cause he's taking, he's doing a psychology degree right now. We're both on the same basis of bringing mental health into, um, education and that, you know, incorporating mental health, just everything, you know, learning about mental health, it's really important to be incorporating that into education more. So I think I'm, ex I'm so excited, you know, we have, there's so many good people and, you know, being around people who are really inspiring to me is so rewarding. And you know what, that's what really pays off in the end is just like those people who just create the spark in you light the fire and you're off you know exactly the the torch keeps burning through the night mm -hmm. on those dark dark hours that you feel alone it illuminates and uh, yeah it, it provides hope for all of us it's fantastic so glad that you were able to come into studio today and join join me uh everyone that has been the episode is it your intuition pushing you i'm always so happy to have cassidy in studio with me i look forward to working with her in the future and definitely want her back uh at a future date everyone this is re seven signing out Jennings.